This is episode number 191, Living in the Unknown, with Emily Milos. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming call called Courageous Conversations. This is something that we started a few months ago with the intention of bringing our community even closer, as well as creating a space for each and every single one of us to be able to not only better understand ourselves, but also those that are walking next to us. If you would like to know more details about any of these upcoming calls, please leave us a message through our website at overcomingodds.today. The last thing that I would like to mention is if you have liked any of the previous episodes and continue to enjoy the content that we put out there, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Oleg. I'm excited to talk with you as always. Absolutely. Thank you for being a part of it. So I know that when you and I were having a (laughs) almost a podcast prior to our podcast, like the typical conversations yeah. that we have. The topic and the theme that I wanted to explore with you was this concept of living with the unknown and also just embracing that there are certain things within life that you don't have to understand or have an answer to. I think that's a really interesting perspective because I can't say that I fully live that. <laughs> there are moments within my life where I do want to know the answers to certain things. And so maybe to kick this off, it'd be, I'd be curious to hear from you, like, what does that even mean? Yeah, well, as we were discussing what we were going to talk about today, you asked me, what big question do you have? What are you curious about? What do you want to know more about? What has happened to you? Then you just don't know why. And I responded back to you that I have a hard time answering that question. Not that I'm not a curious person or really Mm -hmm. interested in things. In fact, I'm wired to gather information and reduce unknowns. But my faith background and, and my faith now has allowed me to be okay with not knowing some things. And 2020 has been rot with unknowns. (laughs) Um, We're recording this the day before the presidential election in the United States. So um, tremendous amounts of unknowns Mm -hmm. and I'm okay, you know, and it doesn't mean I don't have strong feelings or opinions, but I'm okay because I feel comfort in the fact that I don't have to know it's okay that it's not in my control because for me, I feel confident in who is in control, but I appreciate that 
it can be an overwhelming, debilitating fear that many of us have, and I'm not perfect. I mean, I get afraid too, but it's very easy to become overwhelmingly afraid of the unknown, but I'm so glad that I have a, um, have a comfort in not needing to know all the time. Were you always like this? Wow. That's an excellent question. You have to ask my parents to confirm this. (laughs) I think so. I think I've always been a fairly optimistic person and I, I've always been okay with just charging ahead and to some degree, figuring it out as we go along. And again, being curious and knowing as much as can be known, but I don't recall a time of just being lost in the unknown. Hmm. Why do you think it's such a struggle for you to have these unknowns? I think for me, part of it has to do with the conditioning and how my world was structured around me when I was younger. And that's, I think this concept of where there's a will, there's a way. It doesn't really leave room for um, not finding the way and not wanting to find the answer. And that I think part of it is also comes with this expectation that everything in life does have an outcome does have an answer. Now, over time, I've realized that for me, I'm not able to always find that thing. But I continue to believe that it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And believe me, I am a type AAA high <laughs> achiever personality. So I'm a fixer. I'm a doer. But I have at least intellectually learned, I'm still learning to actually implement this, but the power of being still Mm -hmm. and being humbled by our smallness. Again, not to say there's not importance and tremendous inherent value in every single human being, but there's limitations in what we can control Mm -hmm. and being still in that and thinking about where do we put our faith? What are we trusting to move us through the unknowns? And that's what I think is really important, especially now in the world that we're in for people to consider. So, okay. In regard to those limitations, then mm-hmm. how do you expand upon them? Or do you accept some of those limitations for what they are? Man, you're so good at asking really deep questions. Obviously, this is what you do on the podcast. (laughs) And I'm trying to give a thoughtful answer. You know, so in my line of work, I help people discover their strengths and harness their strengths. So my perspective is always about leaning in to what makes everyone great. And while I think we need to be honest about our limitations, again, humble about our limitations, I don't think we should fixate on them because part of giving up a sense of control is in realizing that we're all broken in some Mm -hmm. way or a lot of ways. And that's okay. That's just reality. It's part of our story. You know, you of course have a, have a tremendous story of overcoming the odds of brokenness. Mm And if we, if our lives are spent trying to perfect that in our own strength, if it's all about creating um, 
better weaknesses, greater weaknesses. I, I just think our focus is in the wrong place. And again, it's, it's um, lean in, lean into what's working, row with the current um, and, and just be real about limitations, but recognizing that we all have them. We have different ones, but we're all the same in that way. Mm-hmm. I think we're all equally capable and we're all equally limited. So do you believe in the concept of doubling down on your strengths r- rather than trying to improve upon the weaknesses then? A thousand or- percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I, I'm still, I don't actually know of anybody right now. Well, I guess it's still kind of conventional wisdom to work on all of it. I think the school system actually encourages a lot of kids to work really, really hard on their weaknesses uh, and get them up to par rather than recognizing each child's unique, diverse strengths. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I, I'm not aware of someone preaching, or maybe I'm just, they're not in my circles about, you know, yeah, really, really do those weaknesses up. I think most people have come to recognize that you just get a lot of mediocre weaknesses that way for lots of time and effort. I'd so much rather play to my strengths. It's Hmm. not only more satisfying, but it's more productive. So it's hard for me to justify, um, you know, again, putting a lot of time and effort into those things that will probably always be weaknesses. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, I'm not against self-improvement. I'm not against <laughs> as learning, right? Do not it, work on yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, not that at all. But I recognize that our time here is finite. Mm-hmm. Our mental energy is finite. Our physical energy is finite. So that means every day, whether with intention or not, we are making decisions about how to spend our time and how to spend our efforts And there is an opportunity cost, but we have to choose wisely, um, or at least I believe our charge is to choose wisely and be good stewards of the gifts and time that we have, Uh, or else, unfortunately, I think it's us that pays the price. It's the world that pays the price because they're the ones that lose out on the benefit of the possibilities of what we could be contributing when we're busy working on these weaknesses. So, okay, in that case, it's a really interesting perspective for a couple reasons. First is it makes me think of in situations when one, in your case, when you see something as a weakness, do you simply let it go? Do you acknowledge this? Do you try and delegate that? Do you find time down the road to maybe try and explore it? Or how do you even tackle that lens to begin with? My dad, who I admire tremendously and is very successful in business, one of his sayings is that all progress starts by telling the truth. All progress starts by telling the truth. So the inverse of that is you can't make any progress until you tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And if we're lying to ourselves about what our strengths are, or more importantly, what our weaknesses are, then we're not going to get anywhere. And again, we're not going to be helping anybody else because we'll be kept from making progress in the world as well. So first, tell the truth about yourself to yourself. What makes you great? And what do you struggle with? And it's okay to struggle because we all do. No one's perfect. And that in itself, I think, is tremendously freeing and clarifying And then I would say, uh, yeah, delegate, because I'm not a fan of, you know, doubling down on your weaknesses, like we just said. So trying to just do more, harder, 
um, reading all the books about it, whatnot, it, I think is just a, a lot of extra effort for very little return. So find the people in your world, in your family, amongst your colleagues, um, in your um, social networks that it might be your weakness, but it's their strength. I mean, mm. I, I believe wholeheartedly that every human being was designed with a unique com- uh, contribution, a unique strength, but also the need for others. No one person has it all, mm-hmm. which means we have to have each other. You know, the picture of synergy, and I work with companies and teams, and I help them actually create synergy. And the picture of synergy is a diversity of problem-solving methods. We need each other. We were built, designed to operate in community. So once we realize where our fit is and we discover that, which also means figuring out where your fit is not, then you go find the people who fit into those other places. And, and it's a beautiful picture of harmony and synergy and community. And mm-hmm. that's what works. And I, I know from experience that, um, and also from a business perspective, that works. That is the most productive and engaged group of people that represent what I just talked about. It really is. And I, I've learned that the same exact way. I mean, it took me, I don't know, however many years to figure that out, that I didn't have all the answer. <laughs> there was a point of my life, I don't get me wrong, where I tried to solve everything on my own. I thought that because I was driven and persistent and X, Y, and Z that I can actually accomplish all these different things. And then the reality kind of said, nope, that's not going to be the case. You need other people. You need other people's skills, resources, thoughts, perspectives to be able to shift your own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and again, it's freeing. I love that word because so many people are chained in a prison that they've created for themselves mm-hmm. by that mindset of, I can do this. I can do it on my own. I've got this. I got to figure it out. And they're really just making it tremendously difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hard on themselves. And when we admit, I, I can't do this all on my own, or I don't have all the answers, or I'm going to have to operate with uncertainty and unknowns. Because I just, there are some things I'll never know. Mm-hmm. And once we tell the truth about that, then we're free from that mental prison we put ourselves in and we can finally make progress and, and be the person we're meant to be. We can contribute fully um, in our sweet spot, if you will. What are those things that you think we'll never know? Oh, gosh, um, lots of things. Lots of things. Um, I just don't think we have an, or, or, or as a, having an earthly perspective, we can't see the whole picture. We can't see all of time. Mm-hmm. We have our amount of time. Again, I mean, I, I have a very biblical worldview and um, come from a Christian background. So I, you know, we're not God, we're human. And by um, its nature, we're limited in our perspective. So there's so many things that we can't see the fullness of. And, and that means there's going to be a lot of questions that will go unanswered. And I'm mm-hmm. okay with that because uh, my pastor says, um, 
I don't know, but I know who knows. And for me personally, that's good enough. That's more than Mm. good enough. I feel Mm -hmm. good about that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to solve all the problems. I don't have to know all the things. That's not on me. Mm -hmm. I want to take a step back and actually make an emphasis of a point that you made regarding children. And that's everyone's unique in their own abilities and capabilities. How did that, when and how did that make sense to you that every single person has their own thing? Was it a personal experience that made you realize that? Yeah. So I, in sixth grade, I was exposed to an assessment that's unlike any other assessment that's out there. So most Mm -hmm. assessments measure intelligence or personality. Um, And most people have taken or are very familiar with personality assessments. This assessment was different. It's called the Colby assessment. And it measures how a person instinctually operates. And it's a part of the mind that never changes, which is really powerful because it's, it's with you for life. And I believe that when it's built in, it's perfect because if you can't change it, that means it's perfect from the start. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got that insight about myself in sixth grade. And it just so happened that part of me is a bit of a misfit. I wasn't really a perfect fit, quote unquote, for how school expects students to learn or operate. And that was, I think that first moment, that big aha of, wow, you know, I have a lot to offer. I have tremendous strengths, but they're not always appreciated or recognized in every setting. And then as I continued to go through my education and I had this insight, but my peers did not. And I Mm -hmm. saw them struggle to find their fit, to choose a career, to excel in school. And I could see that they had tremendous talents, but again, it wasn't always recognized in the circumstance. And the sad outcome of that was rather than them thinking, okay, then I need to change the external. I need to change the circumstances that I'm in. Instead, they said, what's wrong with me? And they really internalized that I must be damaged. And I actually just read a quote. I was on social media. I think just the other day that said, if a flower isn't blooming, we change the soil. We don't change the flower. Mm-hmm. And so that's my message. A lot of times to the people that I work with right now is if something's not working, if something's clunky, change the situation, change your environment. It's not that something's wrong with you. And again, I know we're all broken. You know, we started this conversation that way, but I see so many people that are a misfit in one way or another And it's really usually because that's just not where their strengths bloom. And uh, school is a a great example of that. Research actually proves that school only works for 20% of students. Wow. So 80% of students by a little or a lot learn differently, operate differently than what's expected of them in the first, you know, 20 some years of our lives. And that is, it's just sad because those kiddos internalize that, mm-hmm. you know, they ask themselves, what's wrong with me? And if that's your introduction to life, mm-hmm. oh, you know, that makes as a mom, um, as a misfit, that makes me sad. As you know, um, that's why I, I'm, I was so passionate about this topic that I created my own podcast called mothers of misfits. And you were a guest recently, mm-hmm. um, because I really think that misfit is such a silly term. 
everybody's a misfit. You know, there is no fit in, there is no one size fits all standard, but we've created that in our societal thinking. And it's, it's unfortunately making people feel as though they're lesser or damaged. Something's wrong with them because of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think there's much of the drive that comes from trying to be the perfect fit in any and all the situations. Yeah. Right. And doesn't that go back to what we were talking about earlier, which is, you know, I can do this. I can make this work. I have the solution. I have it all. And that just gets us back in that sort of mental prison. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're really, you might be exhausting yourself and expending tremendous amounts of energy, but you're probably just treading water. You know, you're right in the same place Mm -hmm. as you started. Mm -hmm. There's a quote that I read a little while ago, and I might've modified it myself just based, based on my own experience, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. And that is, you are not defined by your circumstances. What does that make you think of? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think every single human being is inherently tremendously valuable, worthy, talented, capable, gifted. And to say that that can be tarnished by circumstances, I mean, those two things don't go together. Mm -hmm. If worth is inherent, then it can't be taken away. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think our circumstances can shape us. They can certainly impact us. They build character, but they do not define us. And you're, I mean, I think you're an excellent, um, uh, remarkable example of that. And you've chosen, right? Mm-hmm. You've chosen not to let your circumstances define you. I mean, you very well could have taken a completely different path and how you think about your history mm-hmm. and how you think about your future. And I know you have decided to create the life and future you want for yourself and haven't let that happen to you. I mean, how did you find the strength to not be defined by your circumstances? It's a great question. I I don't think I have a single answer to it. I think it's a combination of things. I think definitely it was being, it was having certain influences and influencers in my life that really made a big difference. It was being open enough to other people's perspectives and ways of thinking that allowed me to understand that whatever the story I was creating does not have to be the story that I live. And that really made a big difference. Understanding that I can shift my own narrative and continue to do that. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing that I think happens sometimes when it comes to the this quote unquote story is it's not always a story about your past as in your childhood. It's also a story about the things that happened yesterday, the last hour. Those have the same exact impact as far as changing the trajectory. So I I think you're always making a choice to live a different story every single moment of your life. Yeah, and I think I shared this with you on our very first call, but one of the um, beautiful pictures that someone gave to me about life was that it's like a tapestry. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever been to those beautiful um, chapels or castles in Europe, you can see the tapestries lining the walls. And of course they're very old and they're beautiful on the side that we see. But if you flip them around the other side, it's, it's mm-hmm. ugly mm-hmm. And, and, and it's really unclear what's happening, right? You can't, you can't tell 
the beautiful picture on the other side is just this intermixing woven messy really <laughs> a bit of threads and things and I think that so much of our lives and again 2020 hello it's a big messy mix of threads and colors and crisscrossing and we don't always get to see the tapestry on the other side, or sometimes we see it much later in life, looking back. I mean, how many times, I mean, I think you too, you might mm -hmm. not have known the importance of your circumstances while you were in them. Mm -hmm. Now that you can look back, you can see how mm -hmm. they built into something, or you've chosen to make them into something. And then it goes back to that original question. Maybe sometimes on some things, we'll never see the tapestry, maybe mm -hmm. not in this life, but I love that picture because it just gives me comfort or at least a sense of peace, mm -hmm. even in the mess, mm -hmm. because I believe that there is a beautifully designed tapestry that's happening on the other side, even if I can't always see it. Mm -hmm. Emily, what's the best way that people can connect with you and learn more about your work and what you do? Well, first off, I would love to connect. I, uh, by nature, am a connector. So please reach out. LinkedIn's great. Um, Emily Melius, kind of a tricky last name, M-E-L-I-O-U-S. They can connect with me there. You can also go to my website, launchconsulting.io. Um, and you can find me on all the other social media platforms as well. But would, again, love, love to connect. I love to grow my network and meet new, um, incredible people like you, Oleg. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our podcast so you can receive all of the latest content as well as all of the upcoming episodes. Also, if you like what you heard on any of the previous episodes, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.